we think that Joel, because it's crazy. Like he could have been written a, a span of like 600 years. We're like, we think it could have been 300, 600 to 900 that he wrote. So we just don't know. But what we do know is that it was preserved and that most of it is liturgical. So it's really leaning into the right orientation to God. And the reason that he's still a prophet is it's all the same thing, right? Because the prophets were saying, return to God. This is the right way to worship God. So this fits. We just don't know exactly which one he, which king, mm. which um, which era of Israel he was dealing with, um, and the reason for that also is because he really, it's generic enough that it covers really anything. Hi there, and thanks for listening to Study with Friends. Today we conclude our multi-series study of the covenantal promises through the Old Testament. We hope you've enjoyed studying these themes of land, descendants, and special relationships. This is the final episode for the latter prophets, and if you've missed any episode in this series or would like to hear the other series on the Old Testament, you can re-listen to them at our website, studywithfriends.org. Just search Old Testament. We're also available to stream on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. Now, let's conclude our study. 2 Kings 14, 23 to 27. Gianna, if you have it, why I don't you it. read it? Okay, Caitlin has it. I was going to let Gianna read, read it? it. No, well, you have, if you have it, you should take it, Caitlin. Okay. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned 41 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath, Hefer. Uh, for the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them uh, by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. Okay. So you were struggling with descendants, mm -hmm. but then you saw it? Yeah. Okay, like in, tell me where you see it. In 23, because it's talking about the different sons mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and like who's king now. Yeah, there's a bit of a bookend there too, because it comes in, back in 27. Son of... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And, and then, do you see um, special relationship with God and also land? Uh, special relationship I saw in 27 when it was saying the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of mm -hmm. Israel from Very good. heaven. Really good. And then for land... Um, kind of like the whole thing, but in doo -doo 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 -doo, 25, um, he restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of mm -hmm. Hamath to the sea of the Arabah. Mm -hmm. According to the word of the Lord, mm -hmm. which he spoke Through by prophet. his prophet, right? Jonah. Good. Okay. Really good. Good stuff, right? Isn't it kind of fun? Mm -hmm. I know I'm so nerdy, but <laughs> I find it fun. And I find it, it's fun for me in a way that's more than just like, I mean, I love riddles. Mm -hmm. I love puzzles. Those are just entertainment fun. Riddles. I, mean, I love riddles. I never she's, knew that about you. She doesn't. She's quoting. Uh, I do. Uh, but I was quoting Ron Swanson. I thought you had her. <laughs> quoting Ron Swanson from Ron um, Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um. And, but this is like all of that wrapped up in the intimacy of God mm -hmm. and just being able to, like the fact that he would be so generous to let us see him better. That fills me with awe, which makes me want to worship him. And then also just makes me want to go get more. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a greedy, greedy.
greedy for God kind of thing. <laughs> I can't really explain it, but I'm I'm seeing that you're kind of catching it, which mm-hmm. makes me happy. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Like, interesting not to be like i hope this isn't controversial but it's like interesting to see if you look at other religions they have like some of their gods are like i don't want to talk to the people like i'm a god why do i have to talk to them and then you see with like you know the one true god it's just he's like they're my people like of course i'm going to talk to them and when a divine being doesn't want to associate with humans he gets cast out and (laughs) sent to hell you know that was like his whole deal that was you know that was satan's entire thing is that he wasn't Mm -hmm. a fan yeah that's actually when i think about the work that i like to do in apologetics which is basically just understanding how to defend your faith i often talk about that um and the the way that i describe it is um shakespeare is the playwright and actors read the play and they perform on stage and they make choices but the play belongs to Shakespeare Mm. and he's the creator of the play and that describes most gods but our God entered the play and um, is the hero and that's what makes him different he entered the play and he loved the actors and he loved, he wasn't an observer. He wasn't the creator and then left. He, because he loved us and wanted himself to be known. So you can watch the play and never know the playwright, never know anything about the playwright, but that's not what our God wanted. Our God, our God wanted us to understand the play and also understand him. And the only way you can do that is if the playwright enters the stage and that's how much he loves us, that he, what he went into his creation he like if the architect you can see a house um, there was an architect that designed my house I don't know who he is I know my house I live in my house every day I have no idea who the architect was but if one day the architect came in and said I want to make myself known to you let me tell you why I made the choices that I made here and then all of a sudden you see your house in a whole different way the creator has authority and most gods and most religions recognize that but our creator entered the play. He entered the, the architectural design he, because he wanted to be known. And there's a different love in that. There's a different love in that. And I think people get that, you know, if you can kind of explain it to them on a, like a deep level. Again, because we're wired for these things. Mm-hmm. We're wired for God. We're wired for a place to belong. And we're wired for relational And so if you can help people understand that that's what God's design was all along is to have this relationship with us through blessings and through family and through himself. That's kind of the whole point of him creating us in the first place. And so, yeah, different kind of God. And I don't think that I don't think that's controversial. You didn't say anything derogatory about another faith, but you just pointed out the differences between the faith that we walk in and the faith that other people walk in. And I think, I think there's value to be gained in understanding other people's faith. I really do. Uh, but I think there's also, um, you know, you have to kind of understand the roadmap roadmap. Again, I use roadmaps maybe too much, but to see where you're going as you talk to that person through that conversation, whether they're a non-believer or a believer in another faith and you know, you know, here are the differences and let me lead you to what, 
is what is the deal? What is so special? What is why is it? Why are we so? Why am I so captured by this? Like I, I'm not faking this. This is for real yeah. in me. I feel this passionate in love with Christ. How does that happen? Why does that happen? You know, and just trying to lead somebody into that place. And you know, I think you have to be careful. And I think that was wise of you and sensitive and thoughtful for you to say. I don't want this to be controversial because you don't want to offend anybody, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to leave them where they are. I would like to add, I am very interested in world religions, ancient religions, current world religions, etc. And I think, without saying any specific religions, without any getting into the nitty gritty of it, I think that the more from a, that you study other religions from a Christian perspective, you see that everyone is really searching for home. Mm-hmm. Everyone is searching for God. Some people are closer than others, mm. but everyone, it's, there's a theme in every religion and that's longing for God, mm-hmm. our God. Mm-hmm. So looking at other religions through the lens of Christianity, it becomes very clear that yeah. that's the situation. And you can't just go up to someone and be like, excuse me, did you know that you're searching for the one? <laughs> <God?"> like, <laughs> no, it's a up. journey. It's a journey. But, yeah. And it's a journey. But when you understand that it isn't something to condemn it's some something to slowly guide them yes yeah and it's an art it's a a bit of it's a bit of an art form Mm, it's a bit of an art form to to compassionately Mm -hmm. and patiently just be beside them Mm -hmm. um because you know one of the things i've i've said i think in this series is you may be called in for one play one play you called off the bench for one play, and the game doesn't belong to you. You're not the coach. And how the game ends isn't up to you, but you should play that one play really well. Get in there and play that play right as a player on the team. And so when we get to thinking, I have to save this person, or I have to have the right words, or I have to say the right thing, then all is lost because you're making it about you. But if you just say, God, show me how I can stand next to this person, maybe years, maybe years. Show me how I can stand next to this person today to lead them to you. And it's a, it is, um, I don't know if an art form is the right way, but it's a, it's a, it's a, um, skill. Yeah. I was going to say like a practice, Mm -hmm. but it takes prayer. It's a discipline. It's a Mm -hmm. discipline. That's That's what I'm looking for. yeah. 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 We're all throwing stuff. Yeah, I don't know. We had to like had to find it. (laughs) Where's my thesaurus? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, this is all good stuff, you guys. I love that we're doing this (laughs) together. It makes my heart so happy. Um, because I love you guys a lot. Okay. So you want to do like two more? Oh sure. I got one. Hers and then one more. Do you have one more? I do Do you have one? Oh what I do. Kate. 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 (laughs) And Kate, and then we're then we're closing it out. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is Obadiah. Uh, 1 verses 2 to 3. Uh, It says, See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights, who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? So, um, on here it says, He is talking to Judah. And I thought that the descendants is in the beginning of verse two, where he says, I will make you small among the nations. 
um, the land. He was talking about kind of the clefts of the rocks and making their home on the heights. And then the relationship, I thought, was when he said, who can bring me to the ground? Because God will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will. <laughs> it literally, really he says that in the next verse. He says, um, though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down. Mm-hmm. That's good, Ange. Perfect. Perfectly done. Good old Obad- Obadiah with one one chapter. Yeah. You know <laughs> he what? stuffed a lot in there. He just, you know what? Sometimes you don't have to say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Some of these other Old Testament writers, they know a lot of words, and concise isn't one of them. <laughs> well, they had a lot of work to do. Some of them had a lot, a lo- lot of work I to know, do. I know, but like... And, you know, it's Obadiah. possible that, you know... I'm sure he wrote other stuff down. Yeah. But well, I mean, it's not canon, so we have to assume that if it were something we were supposed to read, we would have it. Yeah, he just, he's get, getting in there, t- saying the truth and getting out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, um, Caitlin. Okay, so the last one I have um, was Joel 2, 15 to 17. Okay, great. You picked the two that were stinkers. You picked Jonah <laughs> because I t- had to take it out of the non-Jonah book. And you picked Joel, which actually we don't really know who he was um, prophet to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we guess mm-hmm. that he's liturgical. So since you picked that one, do you mind if I just take a second and mm-hmm. say what that means? Um, litur- Does anybody Thanks. know what liturgical means? No, I was going to ask you to explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when I saw that on the church. Like, mm-hmm. You, it's repeated Ooh. words, yes? Yeah. It's so like in this context, we mean, go ahead, you seem to be getting there. Am I? I don't know. How are you feeling about it? I'm. Let's see if you get there. Taking it word by word. <laughs> in church. It's when the congregation repeats verses for the edification of the person, right? Close. The liturgy is yeah. the... Um, it, the liturgy, liturgy of the church is the repeated behaviors. It's um, so we would talk about the liturgical order, like well, you should supposed to do this before you do that. So it's the repeated behaviors. Okay. It's the um, sort of the ritual or prescribed behaviors. And so it's interesting because I'm actually just reading a book right now um, that talks about the liturgies of life. The, they're extracting that term from a worship setting and talking about like, I get up at a certain time every day. I go for a workout. I have a cup of coffee and these are the liturgies of life. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to a friend about this the other day who was reminding that anything you do in a pattern or ritualistically can shape you. Right. So that's a whole different thing, but the liturgies are meant to shape our worship. And so um, some things like the Psalms, the Psalms are liturgical and a lot of them are liturgical. They are meant to bring our hearts to worship and uh, rightly orient us to God. Uh, there's a lot of liturgy. In fact, I didn't do much with um, the Old Testament liturgical works because I wanted to show that biblical sort of uh, unity, unified story. Uh, but so we think that Joel, because it's crazy. Like he could have been written a, a span of like 600 years. We're like, we think it could have been 300, 600 to 900 that he wrote. So, so we just don't know. But what we do know is that it was preserved um, and that most of it is liturgical. So it's really leaning into the right orientation to God. And the reason that he's um, still a prophet is it's all the same thing, right? Because the prophets were saying, return to God. This is the right way to worship God. So this fits we just don't know exactly which one he, which king, mm. which um, which era of Israel he was dealing with, mm. um, and the reason for that also is because he really it's generic enough that it covers 
really anything, uh, which is great. We love, we love a liturgical uh, prophet. Like a lot of Isaiah does the same thing. A lot of Jeremiah does the same thing. I mean, who doesn't know Jeremiah 29, 11? That's just a covers a lot of ground verse. So, uh, but Joel is almost entirely liturgical. There aren't any um, inherent in the text markers that are like, oh, this is when he wrote this. So um, now you can do that now that I've done my little song and dance. Um, I also wanted to point out that I was just looking um, for this verse and I was going to do the next one. And I realized that I went in Joel instead of Amos for three, one to two. Yeah. But I still found. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Tell me the verse since it won't be in the homework. And then um, so I'll just, just write it down. Uh, Joel three, one to two. Oh, that's great. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. That yeah, proves like, the point. Mm-hmm. It proves the point. Like, that's so great. That's ex- actually kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go for it. And like I easily found all three. But anyway, yeah. so for <laughs> uh, Joel two fifteen to 17, um, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a feast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, let the bride- bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach. That the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Wait, what did you just read? Joel 2, 15 to 17. Oh, I thought you went to Joel 3, 1 and 2. She did that next. Oh, you're going to do it next. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Let me catch up with you. Okay. Got it. Okay. Tell me what you found. Okay, so in um, like 15 to, I guess, 17, um, that's the descendants. He's like saying, gather all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for... And the children. And yeah, the elders, and the children. His descendants all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, for the land, talking about the, like the nations in verse 17, like towards the end. Um, and then also kind of like blow the trumpet in Zion. I thought of like the land for that one. Mm-hmm. And then for um, the special relationship is um, when he was saying for the priest to um, ask God to spare pe- uh, spare your people, O Lord. And then talking about the why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Talking about, I, I think he was talking about um, the people from the other nations mm-hmm. like coming in. And he was saying like they shouldn't be asking like where your God mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like they shouldn't should be, be saying. Like, they know you're supposed to be special, but where is this God? Like mm-hmm. I don't see. Th- I don't even see the God that they're supposed to be set apart for. Yep, perfect. Okay, you want to do Joel three? Um, okay, so for behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. <laughs> <laughs> And I will enter into judgment with them there. On account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up my land. They have cast lots for my people, have given a boy as payment for a harriet, uh, harlot, oops, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Mm-hmm. That's all the way through three. Oh. But go ahead. You're good. You're good to go. Um. So, well, he obviously says the word land in... Where is it? In like the end of verse two, when he was mm-hmm. saying they have also divided up my land, but then he's also talking about Israel and Judah and bringing all his people back, mm-hmm. and that's the descendants, mm-hmm. all the people that he's gathering, the captives from all the different nations, and then for the relationship is when he was saying that he would judge the other nations because they were taking his people captive, and also 
in the beginning, right, Caitlin? Behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, mm-hmm. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley. I will enter into judgment. So he's actually showing his special relationship with Israel based on what he's doing on her behalf. Mm-hmm. So that, that exists up there in one as well. Yeah, it's a fun time <laughs> to look through these verses and see it. And sometimes you have to dig a little, but that's kind of fun too. Yeah. You know, because if you know it's there, and listen, you're not always going to see it in every verse. But it, like I said, don't just know the address, know the neighborhood. Expand your search. If you can't see it, know that it's there and find it. And then put it into the context of why was God saying this to these people at this time? And more than that, how do I make that relate to myself right now? What is God saying to me right now? Why did I stumble into Zephaniah on this day of my life? Or why is the pastor in my church talking about Zephaniah and I haven't been here for weeks? Don't just be like, I don't know, and go home, get a Starbucks. Sit in it for a minute and be like, what, was, what is God trying to say to me? Because there's a reason this is all in there. And there's a reason we preserve the Old Testament. And it's so that we can know him and know ourselves in orientation to him better. So, you know, it's like a little scavenger hunt, mm-hmm. which I also love a scavenger hunt. <laughs> I do love a scavenger hunt. Yeah. So, okay, are we done? Should we pray it out? I feel like I'm totally ready for bed, but I could stay <laughs> up all night. I'm a little wired too because this is fun. It's fun. But I see your face is looking sleepy too. You guys are you guys are the best for hanging in there with me. Okay, so I'm just going to say my little last bit and then the next um, group will do approaching the New Testament because we did a ton of work in that. So I just wanted to say at the end of this paragraph what I wrote down, which is judgment proclaimed by the prophets is never the final word. Before, during, and after the exile, the same prophets who brought the necessary bad news of consequences would also bring the good news of God's grace. That through Israel's darkest era, God remained faithful to the unconditionality of his covenant promises. The hope that they were able to have because of his unconditional promises is the same hope that we have. And this is what Peter's talking about when he says, be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you. It's not just about apologetics or being able to defend what you believe in. It's being able to being prepared by seeing the long history of his promise keeping and relying on that for your hope. Okay, let's pray it out. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for this time. This was a good time. And I am thankful for these amazing young women. What a blessing they are uh, to me that I get to spend this kind of time with them. And I know that you're using them mightily in your kingdom uh, in, in these days and in the future. Lord, thank you for the gift that they are. Thank you for the gift of your word and for the ways that you reveal it to us in new ways. We are in awe of you. We are in awe of you. Please continue to reveal yourself to us as you see fit for your glory and in your son's name. Amen. Amen. I'm always so thankful for how timeless and timely God's word is. Thanks again for joining us on this multi-series journey studying God's covenantal promises throughout the Old Testament. We are a weekly Bible study just like you'll find at your local church. If you are in a study like this one, we encourage you to join one. Make sure that the church is teaching from the Bible in every situation. In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, instructing them, freely you have received, freely give. 
We take that command serious here at Study With Friends, so we have created tons of resources on our website that are all free for you to use. They're at studywithfriends.org. Much like the disciples who relied on the generosity of a host, we are 100% donor supported. If you have been particularly blessed by our ministry, would you consider making a donation? Monthly partners are especially helpful to us and no amount is too small. If you are willing to give it, we would be grateful and blessed to have it. You can donate on our website one time or become a monthly partner. That's at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. We would love to connect with you and hear how your walk is going. We also love to get prayer requests from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can email us at info at Remember, you can stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Plus, you can now see our studies on YouTube. No matter which way you choose, we hope that you will connect with us. For now, we hope you'll join us next time when we study with friends. Mm-hmm.